Welcome to the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Sado Dan, and tonight I'm with the king of quarantine himself, Mr. Terry Mortimer. How you going, mate? How was your rugby league this week? It was awful. It's fucking uh, awful. I, 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 I don't know how people live without sport, like any sport. Mate, do you remember when it we was, used to joke was, about what would we do without sport? Would you agree it's worse yeah. than we could have ever imagined? Yeah, like this is. I feel like I'm in The Walking Dead. It's fucked. Thanks, yeah. China. Anywho, Damn, we're we've, uh, we've, we've got a guest with us tonight. Mate, we certainly do. If if I'd known, I would have dressed up a little more. But uh, you know. Yeah, no, there's, there's no dressing up for this guy. But he is a good friend of our podcast. He always writes into us, and we thought we'd get him on tonight. We're joined by Mr. Paul Warren. How are you, Paul? Hey, how you going, boys? Uh, How not are bad. you? Struggling without rugby league. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I've actually got to talk to Brody, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Dan's lucky he's single, so he just talks to the wall. You can come talk to Brody if you like, mate. I'd take the pressure off me. <laughs> mate, absolutely. Well, you, you've seen the nonsense I've had to produce on Twitter to get a reaction, so it's think of think of us. It's not easy here either. <laughs> yeah, no, you can see. You can see. Hey, mate, <laughs> Terry... Right, wipe that smile off your face, mate. It's time to argue. It is. It's time to argue. You brought up a something that actually ground my gears today. We're bringing this back. You don't think that the 2018 was worthy of being semi-finalists? No, I do not. I had to go back and have a look today. Now, look, don't get me wrong. It was an amazing year. It started off, you know, the last time you won at Brookvale, about 110 years ago. I remember beating Melbourne in round two. Looking at this side, mate, and I'll I'll throw to you in a second, but I've just I've just got to end all arguments now. For we we came what third, and yeah, made we, a, we came equal first, but finished third on a four and against. That's because we had a four and against of like fifty two or something. I can't work it out in my six, head, but we were plus sixty seven. See, there you go, sixty seven. Melbourne were like plus two hundred and sixty seven. Melbourne were plus 302, Manly were plus 290. There you go. That's, that says it all, mate. How many games did we... And don't get me wrong, winning by a point or winning by 100 points. Doesn't matter when it comes to the end of the season. But how many games did we fluke a last-minute Bryson Goodwin try or a Luke Cavell 40-metre penalty that he should never have kicked or Luke Cavell being our fucking top try scorer? Look, that year, Luke Cavell was robbed of being the winger of the year. Colin Best got winger of the year over Luke Cavell, and Colin Best played three games on the week. No, it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm just going to go through here. I've done some stats. Well, not some stats. No, I've, I've, some I've, names. I've got, I've got counter stats. Huh? All right, let's do it. All right. Fraser Anderson played 25 games. In what world would that prick play one game, let alone 25? Fraser Anderson. I knew you'd bring Fraser Anderson up. Fraser Anderson was nominated and finished second in second row of the year that year. And his season was so incredible. Not only was he caught up or sought after by Queensland, Australia, New Zealand, but Japanese rugby gave him the most lucrative contract that they had offered until 2016. So that's how good Fraser Anderson was that year. I disagree. Luke Cavell was our top try scorer with 15. Luke Cavell was our top try scorer with 16. Oh, 16, was it? Well, <laughs> I'll go with that, mate. Either way. Okay, our. For our, our spine, our one, six, seven, and nine. Carney Seymour, Kamali de Goyce. Come on. Brett Seymour was 
Brett Seymour was 18th man in State of Origin for Queensland that year. Yep. Brett Morley has played lots of Origins. Brett Carney was one of the most destructive players in the comp, led the competition in tackle breaks and was up there in line breaks. Uh, and Isaac DeGoyce had the best year of his career in 2008. Disgusting, mate. Here are some other players that, that featured that year. Terence C.U.C.U., Grant Millington, Dustin Cooper, Jacob Selms, Adam Peake. What the hell? I had to look up who Adam Peake was. I genuinely don't remember him. Uh, you're also forgetting we had the debut of uh, Jason Bakuya that year. Carl Fuller played his only 10 minutes of NRL first grade that year. But if, if you want to talk about the other players that we had, Ben Pomeroy should have played Origin that year but got suspended. We had Kate Snowden in his rookie year. Luke Douglas also played. Danny Nutley came back to the club. Ben Ross was in career best form before he broke his neck. And our side was, it, it deserved to be in the top four, especially the way we played and the way we ground out footy. We were, we were easily one of the best, better teams in the competition that year. Mate, Ricky Stewart was our coach and thought it was a good idea the week before a fucking prelim to play soccer down the coast. And Danny Nutley took out Seymour and completely finished our chances of beating Melbourne that week. Yeah, look, that was a coaching error. But what you did point out there is that we had the week off. in the sem- We got to a preliminary final that year. Yeah, because That's of the McIntyre system. We did not deserve it. The McIntyre system worked hugely in our favour, and we avoided Melbourne to the grand final, which was great. But um, that was also the year where um, Greg Bird was set to become one of the game's elite and thought it'd be funny to play catch the um, the glass with the eyeball with his, with his now ex-missus. Yeah, there's, there's two players, Dan, that you have conveniently uh, missed from this. Lance Thompson. Uh, played that season and had to be medically retired. And Reese Williams gave Melbourne a bath in week two of the uh, competition down in Melbourne and did his ACL and was out for the year. But he was his 2007 leading into 2008 was incredible. So you can you can name your Paul Stevenson's, Jake himself, Sam Moa came back to be an instrumental player for the Roosters and win a premiership. Uh, you named your son. After someone who scored a try against South Sydney that year, was South? Was it? I thought it was the drag. Oh, well, maybe he scored against South too. But I remember he oh, scored. It was the Dragons. Yeah, no, you're right. the one, the one that the game winner where Cavell on the sideline. Mate, I look. I just looking at that side and looking at the sides that made the grand final. I, I don't know how we made it that far. I'm glad we did, and we'll speak more about this later. But uh, I just. This side would cop an absolute fucking pounding at the hands of our 2016 Premiership side. Oh, yeah. Look, look I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying. But what I am denying is that we weren't a good side that year. We were one of the only teams that went to Manly and Melbourne and won away. We beat Penrith away off the back of a Luke Cavell uh, hat-trick uh, because they put Jared Sammet on the wing against him. This is We had a smart halfback. He kicked to the tall guy. Yeah, look... It was good to have a good halfback. Look, Kamali's one of my favourites of all time. I'm not. Yeah. I'm definitely in the Kamali camp. But I just the things you mentioned. Yeah, okay, they don't suit my agenda, so I'm not going to acknowledge them. But I just this side, man. We only scored 487 points for fuck's sake. Melbourne scored like 900. This don't forget. This is this this team was put together in the era where the salary cap was 4.5 million dollars. Melbourne were, Melbourne were uh, one and a half million dollars. 
ahead of everyone in the competition that year and lost by 40 in the grand final, uh, which means we probably would have lost by 70 to Manly. Um, but we were also 500k under the cap that year because we couldn't afford it. Yeah, we didn't We didn't deserve it, mate. We didn't, we didn't deserve it. <laughs> we, we did deserve to be a semi-final football team that year. We did, 100%. And I will, I will stand by that we were the third best team in the competition that year, and it was proven. Oh, I, t- I don't think we were, but mate, we're gonna argue all night. Let's throw it. Let's throw it to the guest. All right, Paul. Who who wins? Um, honestly, to be fair, all right. So Dan, Dan, you're right. Our team sucked. Let's let's be fair. Our team sucked. In saying that, that year, everybody sucked except for Melbourne and Manly. So on a grand scheme of things, we were the third best team in a shit competition. But going off the argument that years we're having. I was, right, I was just a few things. Fraser Anderson, it's embarrassing that you even used him as a point, Terry. I thought you were better than that. Uh, what else have we got? Snowden and Douglas, I loved it. They were, how good was Snowden and Douglas before Snowden turned his back on us? But how can you mention Brett Seymour without calling him what he is? The MVP of Cronulla Moore. Yes, he is the MVP of Cronulla Moore, and you didn't even mention it. And I'm, I'm actually... I'm, I'm about to turn in our friendship, Terry, because you didn't ever bring it up, mate. Mine, mine literally... <laughs> mine says Brett Seymour fell over 2230 on my notes, so... No, 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 no. The, the, real, the real story of that night is Brett Seymour was so drunk and he had three girls allegedly, allegedly could have been prostitutes or not, and uh, he, he, you're right, he did fall over outside the mall, he urinated on himself and then screamed at one of them on camera, I'll shove it up your ass, like. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. The MVP of And then he had to apologise for it, and then he did it again. Um, just, just going back on, I will, I will stand on Fraser Anderson Island more than anyone. Fraser Anderson that year scored eight tries, had more tackle breaks than any second rower in the competition that year. Fraser Anderson was second in the second rower of the year stakes that year. Fraser Anderson had an incredible year. It just shows you guys didn't watch footy that year. Well, the fact the fact that you use Fraser Anderson and the next Sonny Bill Williams after his one game, uh, Carl Falinga, as your your points of uh, premium. Oh no, no, Carl, Carl, Carl Falinga was, was a piss take. Oh, Carl Falinga was a piss take. The only uh, thing that he ever did on a footy field was try to approach the, the sideline to fight you at Wentworthville one day. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jason Bakuya, uh, that was sinister sarcasm as well. Uh, his game against the Bulldogs. Look, our squad that year was was uh, pretty ordinary when you get outside probably our top 18. Um, uh, Luke, Luke Douglas was suspended for our week one uh, semi-final team, but I, I've left my trump card. I've left my trump card for last, right? We had, not only did we have Missy Talapapa on the wing to score a hat-trick in a semi-final, the last shark to score a hat-trick in a semi-final, we also had David Simmons in the centres. That's how good our side was. That's how bad our side was. <laughs> oh. oh, Terry was a massive David Simmons fan. David Simmons was the leading try scorer in the NRL in 2010. We just didn't use him, right? <sighs> yeah, you loved him. We'll give you that. You did. <laughs> somebody, had, somebody had to. Yeah. Well, David, look, look, David Simmons and I have a love hate relationship. He actually knocked me out in the football game. So that's a point. There you go. Ran clean over the top of me. Love it. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd be telling people David Simmons knocked me out, just to be, to be fair. But... David Simmons played Australian schoolboy football that year, I can. 
and I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll die on it. He's going to ask you, mate. Look, so, so that year, in the, in the regular season, we finished the year 17 wins and 7 losses. Why didn't we deserve that, Dan? Why didn't we deserve it? No, I'm saying, more, I'm not saying that we didn't deserve it. I'm saying that we had no right to go that far, which was my original we tweet. We were, third, that, we were the third best team in the comp. That Ben Ross actually liked, so even he agreed with my statement. Yeah, but you're an idiot. Well. <laughs> you get sympathy likes. Well, mate, you, a like's a like. What can I say? I challenge you to go through our 2009 squad and try and go to sleep afterwards and not think you've been in a nightmare. Yeah, I can't remember 2009, mate, to be honest. It was awful. Our biggest signing was a mid-season signing. It wasn't Trent Barrett. Ricky Stewart trumped Ian Donnelly as our biggest signing when we got him from the Gold Coast Titans. Fantastic. That's that's how bad we were. That was the... Uh, (laughs) Yuck. Let's move on. How's isolation been for you two guys anyway? I'm still in my garage. I got in my garage at 8.30 this morning. I'm still here. Yeah, I'm on the trains. I'm going to work still. I've, I've got to give them a train and, and uh, wear my little face mask. And Yeah, it's, it's great fun. I'm, I'm at work too. We, we have to turn up to keep the doors open for everyone else on the floor. But um, it's funny you mentioned the, the trains, mate. Today I sat on the train, get on at Cronulla, and I usually fall asleep by about Sutherland, and woke up to someone yelling. I swear the only other person on the train was this little Asian woman sitting a couple down from me, decided to yell the whole way to bloody Central and uh, beyond. But, uh, yeah, not coping, mate, not coping at all. Yeah, um... I just want to point out when Paul says that he goes to work, Dan, Paul actually works for our major sponsor and they've decided not to pay us anymore. So can we boo this man? Uh, well, you can try, mate. He looks pretty big from here. He's huge. In all fairness, I actually, I actually finished up there on Friday, so I'm, I'm about to jump on the bandwagon of doing too. Don't worry, mate. <laughs> well, well, in that case, yes, absolutely. Have you, have you, you've, been given, have you been given your marching orders? No, no, I've, I've resigned. I've, yeah, I got sick of getting on the train for two hours a day. Yeah, I don't blame you. Very fair call. I don't blame you at all. So we had uh, we had no sport on the weekend, and we keep saying this, and it hurts every time we say it. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Paul. What did you do on the weekend? No, I, I actually got to know the kids. I, I met them properly now. <laughs> I've, I've, I think I think Brody's met me properly now, so I might be looking for a housemate soon. But <laughs> might be looking for a family. Back on. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, I um, as, as you might know too, I like a bit of a punt. I found myself betting on the sumo wrestling on the weekend <laughs> on sports because I had nothing else. <laughs> There's literally how, nothing. E games and the sumo wrestling. How, how can they sumo wrestle if they've got social distancing laws in Japan? Oh, look, I don't know. Go figure. That's it. And Dan, what what did you do on the weekend, Dan? Mate, I slept a lot. A lot more than I would care to admit, to be honest. Friday night was good. I actually watched Tenacious D, their entire live set from a couple of years back, over about 30 beers. Uh, Felt it Saturday morning. Forgot to text you to see if you still wanted me to come around to set up that swing set. And then uh, here I am. Yeah, it wasn't just set up the swing, so we need to take it apart. Ah, that's right. That. Yeah, yeah that. Um, I, do, I, I do need your help. Okay, I'm useless. Done. Um, uh, 
but the good thing is we've got like two months to do it. Uh, on the weekend, what did I do? Bell works, uh, so I put the kids down to sleep as early as I could, and I had a nap and then denied it. She uh, she she came home and asked me if I went to sleep, and I was like, no, I didn't do that. Um, why would I do that? I watched a lot of Frozen, a lot of Disney. Um, what about when the kids got up? Yeah, I, I don't know what the kids did. Um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, all I can say is uh, I, I can't do this for another 24 weeks. Like, we had an off-season. Give me some sport. It's ridiculous. Mate, you can't even hide behind the cricket or the A-League for what it's worth now. But um, have you have you seen Paradise PD yet? No. Uh, heaps of people are tagging me in shows. I need to watch Tiger King. Yeah, I don't even know what, what this is. This? I don't know. Everyone says it's incredible. It, it sounds it's uh, apparently it's some gay bloke that's on the meth all the time, and it sounds like people I grew up with. And yeah, walking around Mount Druitt. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say it sounds, it sounds like, like something. Be, be watching. <laughs> oh, there you go. Cool. We'll get into that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where, where are we going to do from here, Dan? Before we go into our, our segments, we had some rugby league news. Tyson Frizzell uh, has decided that he wants to uh, throw his career away uh, after leaving to go to the Dragons. He decided to go to Newcastle. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, boys? Mate, oh, I think great signing for Newcastle. But, again, they're trumpeting another four over at Sharks Reserve grader. You know, it's Edric Lee, whoever else they've yeah. signed, and Tyson Frizzell. Sharks reserve grader. Uh, I can't get behind Tyson Frizzell at seven hundred thousand. Yeah, with his NRL form, he's lazy. Well, I, I like Frizzell as a footballer. Don't get me wrong, but you're right. His contract's too big, and it's just going to be another clamour story. He's going to go there. He's going to fit into their pack, and he's not going to actually achieve anything. Yeah. So I just don't see it. I don't see people say Newcastle would improve. I don't see it. No, you. Like Tyson Frizzell for New South Wales, if you can get that, it's sort of like it's sort of like Origin Gagai with that with that being a, uh, a thing. But Frizzell for the Dragons for the last couple of years has not been good, and he's really only got into the the rep teams on reputation. But um, he's only averaging like seven or eight runs and barely cracks hundred meters at time, and he's not breaking tackles anymore. Not enough for seven hundred k. No, that's, you know, like I, I, Frizzell was one of my favourite players, and I was gutted. That he left, you know, if, if it was the choice to get uh, a local, like, well, he wasn't really a local junior, but someone that we developed back or, or not have them leave, I would have loved to have brought him back. But, um, yeah, not for 700,000, not the way he plays in club land. I don't, I, he's not a very good club footballer, but you put a red jersey on him, he's incredible. It's true, good point. Yeah, somebody tell me, why, why is it Newcastle splurging his cash on a number forward? I mean, if you have the money, why are you not trying to buy a six? You need a six. You've exactly. got Kurt Mann and the six. You need a six. Spot yeah. on. I, I just put my head around it. I, I think I think they're going to try and either um, they've got a couple of youngsters. Uh, is it Phoenix Crossland? Yeah, Crossland. Yeah, yeah. People, there, there was him and there's um there's others as well. And I think I think with their backline, like they've got Texoy, Bradman, Best, Phoenix Crossland. I think they're just going to try and square peg a round hole. And get them in the team somehow. And I think Newcastle has sort of given it the old Sharks blueprint of get your forward pack right, make the advantage, take the meters, and then have a half that can create something and a fullback that can do something. That's that, that's classic 2016 Sharks right there. But I just think they're doing it all wrong um, because they've thrown a lot of money at Clemmer and they've thrown a lot of money at Frizzell, but the rest of their forward packs like really shit. Like Aiden Guerra is still getting money off them. 
Mate, yeah, they've, so they've thrown, thrown two two gun forwards in with pretty ordinary footballers. I mean, you can make an argument for Fitzgibbon; he goes all right, but on his day, he shows up when he feels like it. Really, when I was going to mention Fitzgibbon, actually, I thought I had him in my Origin side last year before they kicked off, and he just he didn't go anywhere; he just didn't lift. If anything, he went backwards. Yeah, uh, Dan, you've inspired uh, a couple of segments tonight, so talk us through them. What are we doing? Beauty. So where are we going first, mate? You want to go to the five sharks we'll bring back? Yeah, go. All right, so... so, so you released this on Zero Tackle. That's it. So I named my five sharks that I bring back. Um, just to make it a little bit more interesting, I kept it to players I knew, um, and I, I grew up watching. So, you know, Steve Rogers, Gavin Miller didn't make the cut. Obviously, you know, based on reputation. Uh, we didn't set those sorts of rules here, but we did say... Recently retired players would be left out. So your Gallons, your Lewis, your Ennis. Um, I didn't include Barber either as much as I'd love him back. Recently retired and a piece of shit. Um, but these are the five players we bring back into the current squad that would deliver us a premiership. Yeah. So, who's, yeah, go to Paul. Who, who's your first player that you bring back, Paul? Okay, so I went to Wiranikia. Oh, nice. Good call. Where's he fit in? Yeah. Uh, well, at the moment, I'd, I'd do anything to get Jack Bird. Uh, Jack Bird, sorry, Jack Williams out of lock. I'd do anything to get Jack Bird out of the team as well. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, not, not a bad shout. I, I, I was only and ahhing about locks, but I, I still think that either Sorensen or Billy McGillis can do a job. But Tawira Nikau is a good shout. I love it. one of the gang's best mullets. <laughs> oh, how good! Yeah, um, I went uh, because. My agenda is our halfback, and I brought back Brack Morley. He's my favourite ever shark. I've got Noddy back. It's a good call, mate. Who's your, your first one back? Well, I'll, I'll stick I'll stick with the halves because I want to keep Sean Johnson. Uh, Preston Campbell, mate, one of the most exciting players of all time. Absolutely love him. Would have him back in a heartbeat. At his peak, of course. <laughs> Time for each. Speaks for itself. Yeah, it's a tight. Yeah, the, the, I'm pretty sure that was a give me there for everyone. Uh, Dan, who's the best player? I got um, the Peach, mate. We need a fullback, and there were none better than uh, than David Peachy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I tossed up between Peach and Barber, and I know online I said Ben Barber, but one, he's recently retired, and just the way that his career has downgraded um yeah I, I, I went with peachy as well but i'll never forget 2016 bar uh i've uh, i've actually gone chris mckenna i don't know where he fits in but i was a huge chris mckenna fan yeah uh, he played out wide he played he can play in in the back row he's just he's got a bit of everything i, I was a massive fan so you just you just named fraser anderson <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't. No, he certainly didn't. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a look at our forward pack now, and I think that we're a prop light, so I brought back Jason Stevens. Oh, massive Steve Massive Steve fan. Steve uh, Bell, you up, mate? No, yeah, so for everyone who doesn't know, my wife's very first email address was steveowatersort at hotmail.com. <laughs> <Fantastic. laughs> 
Yeah, I had Stevens too, mate. Cross the board. Very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Who was your last one? My favourite player of all time. What's that? No, no. After you, mate. Guess first. I had Jason Stevens also. Yeah. Who's your last player? Me, I had Dean Trooster. He's just just a hard man. He, He done the hard work. Good defender. So that means Blake Bradley doesn't play for us anymore, Paul. He can sit in the stands with me, mate. <laughs> uh, I, had, I had Matt Rogers. I had Matt Rogers too, mate. The the greatest. Yeah, he, he probably probably knocks us out. Well, definitely knocks the only guitar out of the team. Uh, and I think uh, put Jesse Ramian on the bench because we brought ET back as well. Just give us that little bit of extra factor off the bench. Ramian looks like he can play in the forwards now as well. <laughs> he does. Oi, boys, question. Oh, it's something I'm going to debate on zero tackle. Uh, Matt Rogers or Valentine Holmes? Who comes back on the wing for Cronulla? Um, oh, fuck. I knew you were going to ask that. Um, in, in modern football, I'm probably going to have to say Valentine Holmes. Yeah. He, he was the best winger in the game. Uh, I'd have to agree, like, the way the game is now, just the build of him and just all the attributes that he has, it has to be Val Holmes. I still think he could be the best winger in the game. I don't, I, I'm not a believer that he's a fullback, but it's hard because Matty Rogers is, he was my idol when I was a kid. I went to Queensland just because of Matty Rogers, so yeah. it's um, tough. Yeah, it's, you know, two two exceptional players, but... You know, Rogers did it for Queensland and Australia as well, but he didn't do it like Holmes did. Like Holmes' try scoring record for Queensland and Australia was phenomenal. And his, his try scoring record for us was brilliant as well. He's our all time leading try scorer in a season and he did that from fullback. So and, and he equaled the year before that he equaled the the, the record on the wing. So um yeah, I, I think I think if we if we're talking modern and, and fitting in our team right now, it's Valentine Holmes on the wing. You're both very wrong, but moving on. <laughs> uh, so what's what's next? We're doing our our top five wins now. Running through this, it's not it's not the top five greatest ever sharks wins. It's just the top five wins that meant something to you. Did did you guys enjoy the? Uh, did you drop the grand final in, or I, I purposely left it off? No, I left the grand final out as well. Yep. Yeah, I left it out. Cool. Well, yours, mate. Where do you start? Yeah, so where, where do you start, Paul? All right, so I'm going back a bit to uh, ET's last game versus Parramatta at Cronulla. So he didn't, if you remember, he didn't play, nor did Mitch Healy, but um, we, we towered Parramatta up that day. I remember Rogers scored offhand, I think he scored two. And um, I was at the games, and that was one of my favourite games I've ever been to. Yeah, right. It's a beauty, good call. game that I went to was actually with Paul's uncle. Uh, it was in 1994, and he took me to Sharks vs. Souths, uh, and we won that game 42-0, and a fella by the name of E.T. scored five tries that game. Um, so that was a memorable game for me, and probably still to this day one of my favourite games. I've actually done it on VCR, but they just don't make VCR machines anymore. Cool. I'm going to stick to the theme. Round 22, 2001. Uh, Pack Shark Park, we beat the Knights 49-30. to 
I was sitting in the stands with my dad and my nan, and I just remember it being... Couldn't tell you anything about the game other than we flogged them, um, but I just... One of the happiest days of my childhood. Fantastic. Uh, what I remember about that game is Andrew Johns hit uh, Adam Dykes with a clothesline, and that cost him the Dalian medal that year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he got, he got suspended, and you weren't allowed to get suspended in the Dalian race back then, so... Uh, I'm pretty sure that if he didn't get suspended in that game, he would have uh, he would have pit Peach. Uh, sorry, he would have pit Presto to the Daily M that year. Oh, good double win. Yeah. <laughs> um, number four for me, my uh, is 2009. Um, oh, sorry, it's 2010. Uh, we beat Parramatta 11 nil in a pissing down rain at Shark Park, um, and the reason why I, I Love that game so much was it was actually the day that we brought Ellie home from the hospital and I, I convinced her that we needed to swing via my house in Penrith. Ellie was born in the Pean Hospital at Penrith and I convinced her that we needed to swing by home via Shark Park and uh, it pissed down with rain all night and we had a, a five-day-old baby in a pream. The great Tim Smith, though, <laughs> the debut. Yes, yeah, yeah. He kicked, field, he kicked the field goal as well. He did. That was my number six. Actually, I actually had it, but I took it off for one. But um, Paul, after you, mate, and I'll, I'll go into my replacement. Okay, so number four, I actually had. Uh, I, I feel like I haven't researched enough. You guys have got your uh, your rounds and your dates, and it was the uh, the Roosters game when we we played them when we were severely under strength. The, the uh, around the Asada time, Jack Bird played five eight. And we we picked the Roosters at uh, at the SFS. We beat them. And we, we ran out a bunch of nobodies. We were missing a lot of blokes. Was, that, was, that, when, was that when we held, we held Orbison upright at the depth? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was round no, 17. <laughs> I've got it. Yeah. 2014. Yeah, Jack Bird wasn't in the team that year. Farmoni Brown was out 5-8. Oh, okay, there you go. There you go. Mate, well, I'll jump to that. Yeah, 30-28. Orbison, we held him up at the end. We were like 20 nil down. I remember it well because um, a mate of mine's father had passed and he said, like, if Cronulla only ever win one game, it needs to be tonight. And when we scored, I actually cried. Both kids were – well, Bryson was asleep. Chelsea wasn't around then. But, um, yeah, I I remember – that's brilliant brilliant thinking. But um, that was my number four. Yeah, wow. Wow. I uh, I, I had that and the Broncos game where uh, Carney carved him up and won and then pissed in his mouth. But – I took all I took all the uh, 2014 nostalgia out because it was just a horrible year. Um, that that Carney game is actually my number three. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, number three for me is actually a, is actually a Carney game um, as well. Uh, 2012 uh, against the Panthers out at Penrith Stadium, we won 15-14 off a of Todd Carney 43 meter field goal. Jeez. Yeah, I, I just I love that. I was out there at Penrith. It was it was so hot. I was in the bay next to my mum. We're up twelve nil early. Penrith came back, and then yeah, we just Carney kicked the penalty goal, and then the next set we rolled upfield and he kicked the field goal. <laughs> what do you, what do you got for number three, Dan? Uh, I've got the um, round twelve, two thousand and nine, thirteen ten against Parramatta. The worst fucking game of all time. That we coming off nine losses. Trent Barrett kicks the worst field goal of all time to put us up, 11-10. And then we got a penalty, I think, off the kickoff and and slotted a, a goal. But I remember being on the bus and we nine losses 
and we were expecting a 10th. was pissing down as it always does when we play Parramatta. And we, we got away with the win. I was so drunk, so I was expecting to lose. Couldn't tell you anything about the game other than the field goal. Brilliant. Uh, I remember this game for two reasons. One, it was the debut of Scott Porter. And two, uh, Paul and I were on the text that night saying that we found our number seven for the next 10 years and how wrong we were. <laughs> yeah, that ain't <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking horrible. Jeez. Jeez. Probably had some shocking squads. Paul, what's your second best win? All right, so I, I couldn't put the grand final in, so I've just surrounded myself with that year. And my second one was the uh, prelim against the Cowboys because it was at that point that I pretty much knew we were going to win the grand final. Just the team, the team that went out on the park that night, I knew there was no way we were going to lose the next week. I've got that. I've got that a little higher up. Get around not putting the grand final in. I've got that one a little higher. I didn't put the Raiders game in. Uh, I've gone controversially. I didn't put the Raiders game in because it just infuriated me so much. And I I remember just biting my fingers to a pulp. So I didn't put that one in. I actually put 2018 against the Melbourne Storm, the Josh Dugan uh, classic game where we won 17-14 and Dugan scored that try from dummy half. And he just absolutely, him and Val Holmes just ripped Melbourne apart. I, I remember that. I love that game. Any chance I get to watch that game, I'll watch it. That's a ripper. That's a ripper. Yeah. What have you got for number two, Dan? You guys are missing the most obvious game of all. 2018, Matt Moylan, six try assists against Newcastle. Like, it's obviously <laughs> your number ones. But, uh, yeah, the 48-10. Ramian t- twice, Dugan, Lee, Lewis, Holmes. Off the boot, inside ball, outside ball, right, left. Be- best performance I've ever seen in my life. From a, from a Sharks player or from Sharks player? Or from anybody in anything ever. Okay, all right. Uh, no, I didn't have that in there. I didn't have that in there. My, my number one win that I've, uh, I've, uh, I, I got down was the Cowboys semi-final. Um, like Paul, I just I knew that... Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to the we're going to the grand final. I've been to heaps of grand finals, but never to a Sharks one. So, uh, what's your number one win, Paul? So I actually went that Canberra that Canberra final that you didn't want to put in there, yeah. just because they they rule our gal. We lose Graham. We look like we're we're in trouble. We're in Canberra, and Matt Pryor just has a belter. He has the game of his life. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was Matt Pryor's best. That's at the end. That's at the end. That'll live on forever. Yeah. Speaking of best games, before we go to Dan for his number one game, best games of someone's career that night, Kirk Capewell. Yeah. That was, oh, yeah. That, was the, that was the best game of his career. He had like 170 metres and he tore Canberra to shreds on that edge. Absolutely right, mate. That, that was a bloody good night. I, I had that originally, but I tried to keep 2016 out of it, but couldn't. The prelim, most fun I've ever had at a football game in my entire life was when Maloney took that intercept and scored. And not even Cronulla could blow up from there. And we tried. We let Kyle Feltz score about four tries in a row. But not even we could blow up from there. Best night ever. Yeah. For a and, week, anyways. And, uh, and that was also one of... Uh, Chad Townsend got hooked the week before and then came back and had a really had a strong game. He scored, scored a try in the first half as well for a massively forward pass. But, yeah, that to me, that, that game, apart from the grand final, that game will live on forever because that was just... That was, that was the moment. You know that's that's I know that Canberra game as well. It's it's actually a really good game, but I fucking hate watching us stress out. But um, yeah, that that, that Cowboys game was 
phenomenal. So we're going to move on to the top five most painful losses. And this this is going to sting. This is, this is going to bring back some shit memories. This was too easy, to be honest. I hate, I hate the fact this was easy. Yeah, I didn't enjoy this. <laughs> no, I, I, I did not enjoy one single minute of writing this down. So what's, what's your fifth most painful loss? So I, I actually went the uh, the 2015 semi against the Cowboys where we got absolutely annihilated. Because I, I remember I started on the lounge and then I ended up down on the floor of the lounge room by about half time, just laying there in disbelief what was going on. Oh, is that one of the best 39 destroyed us. I remember he went for off the kickoff at one stage and I thought, oh, <laughs> is this really happening? What what I, I know I know we were just talking about career best performances, but for for his last game for the Sharks, that was the worst performance Jeff Robson ever put in for us. Saying something he, too, he, and that is saying something. He he was a bludger. Dan, what's your fifth most uh, frustrating loss? Um, two thousand and three, seventy four four belting against the Eels. I was young enough that I put it this way: I was too young to drink by quite a while. Because I could have fucking needed one after that game. Oh, it was awful. Uh, yeah, I, I left that. I left that one off for a reason because that was just too painful. Um, just in terms of the game, I've got round twenty six, two thousand fifteen. Uh, Manly rocked up with a reserve grade squad. Uh, Cronulla only needed to win to finish fourth and get a, a second bite of the cherry in the uh, the semi finals. Even though we got one anyway, but um. Yeah, we lost to Manly 14-12, and uh, it was actually a player that we signed the following season because we thought he was just going to be awesome because he had a great game. But Jesse Sani Lafeo ran for 280 metres that night against us and scored a try under the post. So we went out and signed him, and he was never seen again. Uh, and that game still burns in my memory because Jack Bird butchered about, uh, Jack Bird butchered about three tries that night. You believe? I don't know. That's actually my uh, number four. I remember that game because I was at it with you and Bell. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. We we were a team that should have finished before. All we had to do was beat, uh, like, a bunch of no-hopers and we come out and, yeah, it was disgusting. Did Foran yeah, have a really was... good game that day? No, Foran no. didn't play. No, it was DCE, was it? Uh, DCE had an absolute shocker. No, I can't remember. Something about that game. I remember I was in grafting, so I remember I I didn't speak to Laura was, for about two days. Yeah, Je- Jesse Sandy Lafayette was the man of the match in that game. Sucks. It was, yeah, it he was, just, he yeah, just it was destroyed awful. it. It was awful. Uh, <laughs> n- number four, what do you got? Dan, what's, what's your fourth most painful? Um, I put the loss to the Raiders in 2016. It was um, ended the winning streak, and it was sort of... The week that it all became, oh shit, here we go again. I know that was overreacting considering what happened. But I didn't sleep that night. I went to work the next morning at 7 o'clock on zero sleep. We got absolutely flogged as well, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I think we scored a couple of late tries to make it look better than it was. But um, the the few weeks before, we'd, we'd gotten behind by two or three tries and come back. And there was just no coming back that night. And it wasn't fun. Yeah, I've got the 2017 semi-final against the Cowboys where we got absolutely pumped by the refs. And two of the reasons why I hate that game is because we were coasting. Uh, we were doing it easy and then we put the cue in the rack. 
Um, and also seeing the easy run that the Cowboys had to the grand final and how, how they got there, yeah, that, was, that was frustrating because that could have been us. Agreed. Uh, number three, what have you got, Dan? Uh, number three, I got the 1999 prelim versus Dragons. <laughs> Being 8-0 up, minor premiers, we were we were coasting. Then Mundine played the one fucking good game of his career that I remember and bounced us. And it was on delay, too. It actually, I couldn't wait. And I was listening to the radio, and I had to hide in my room so Dad could watch it downstairs. And I had to relive the anger when he saw it. So not a fun afternoon, that one. Uh, what, what's your number three, Paul? I actually have a bit the same like you, Terry, with that Cowboys game thinking that what could have been. I actually have the 2018 semi against the Roosters where Louis Louis bombed the try and the Roosters, I mean, just the story goes for itself. The Roosters went on to win it. And I, I thought they had a pretty clear passage after us to the final and, again, that could have been us. Yeah. Um, I, I left that out um, just for, for those reasons as well, that, that loss did hurt because it was 18-12 at the time and Louis was just about to score a try and Latrell Mitchell knocked the ball out of his hands and then they go down and kick a field goal. So that was uh, that one hurts. My uh, loss, uh, this is just going to be completely random, but 2011 against Manly, we lost 19-13 after leading 13-0 with 15 minutes to go. Um, Manly scored two quick tries and then kicked a field goal with two minutes to go off the kickoff. We had absolutely no defensive line. 13 off. Cherry Evans chips the ball over the top and Michael Oldfield runs 80 metres and scores. I remember that night so, so well. It was fucked. They scored the second try. George Rose, I think it was, scored off a pass that was about four metres forward. Yeah. Uh, I I remember that night I was renting a house in Jamison Town and I threw my Foxtel remote through the window and then screamed at Tara and told her that she had to pay for the damages because I wasn't doing it. I just went to bed. Oh, fuck, I was a human. Oh, my God. I could not believe what happened. Uh, number two, number two, what do you got for? Uh, actually, it, it's quite recent. It's the, the loss in round one last year to Newcastle. We um, we saw Sean Johnson. We were running out Matt Moylan with Sean Johnson. We looked like we were going to be world beaters. We had everything everything to play for. We go out. We should beat Newcastle. Chad Townsend, the overlap. I don't yeah. know how he's done it. Yeah. <laughs> no, mate, if you've listened to our podcast, we don't know he's fucking done it either. But mind you, the week before, or two weeks before, we, we played in a trial and just ran them off the park. Yeah. Uh, the, the, week, the, the week before that, oh, when, we, when we ran them off the park as well, it was interesting to know that a guy named Brad and Hamlin Ueli uh, tore Newcastle apart and didn't make our round one starting lineup. So that probably had something to do with it as well because we got belted in the forwards. Uh, Dan, what's your number two? Uh, 2008 prelim, 28-0 against Melbourne. Um, I bought I bought in. I thought we'd beat them that night. And I actually, it's the closest I've ever been to being in a fight in my life. Damo actually dragged me away. I was yelling at Steve Turner when we were 20-something nil down, saying, where was this in origin? Because he had a stinker for them, was tearing us apart. Yeah, he dragged away. I thought I, thought I was going to get into a fight until Laura stepped in between us. Never been that angry in my life, and it's it's pretty fucked up to be honest. Yeah, my my number two is that prelim against St George. Uh, that still breaks my heart because that was the year that Et Peach and all those boys should have won a grand final. Um, and number one loss, I have the two thousand and eight semi final. 
against uh, Melbourne. That 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 one there still stings. Um, and I remember my girlfriend at the time. It was sixteen uh, nil, and uh, she turned around to me and said, "Look, do you want to leave?" And I, I said to her, "I go no, even if it's twenty eight nil, I want to stay." And it ended up being twenty eight nil. But I actually had Kate Snowden for the last try scorer in that game. I put fifty dollars on him at forty one to one to to be the last try scorer. He went through a hole and Bill, and uh, Billy Slater brought him down about about a meter to go. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> something good could have happened that night. Fucking Slater just took him down. Uh, what's your number one loss, Dan? Uh, round fifteen, two thousand nineteen, the Chad Townsend fucking up against the Bulldogs. <laughs> I. I've still got, legitimately, my phone is still torn all the way down where I threw it across at my fucking oven. I was that angry. I I said I'd never been so angry as in 2008 until that moment. I, If someone had made a smart-ass comment, I would have fucking chopped them. I was pissed. Yeah, I, uh, I don't understand that one either. Uh, I, I, so many times I tossed and turned about putting that one up, but I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. Uh, what's your number one lost ball? All right, number one is the uh, the ninety nine prelims to St George, and it's, it speaks for itself. But the fact that every time they show a highlights package of anything rugby league, I still have to see Mundine and Blacklock celebrating. It, it kills me. You know, you I, know what, what pissed me off so much about that is Mundine scored the try and then did a front flip, and then fucking Blacklock just comes out of nowhere and does a front flip just for banner. That that <laughs> yeah. wound me up. That still wound yeah. me up. Yeah, yeah, no place being there. It's, it's disgusting. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Fox. Stop showing it. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's the end of a, uh, a pretty good wrap. And now we have to go back to life without rugby league. Don't want to face it, boys. Very difficult. No. Don't want to do it. Um, so before we go, the, the NRL is talking about all these different options. And, and the one option that's coming up is... Uh, oh, it's, there's all different ones. There's... The three-game grand final series. Any, anyone a fan of that? I hate it. Not, yeah, nah, not a fan of it. There's uh, starting the competition back up and playing it uh, the grand final the weekend before Christmas. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. But then, uh, you know, Dan and I obviously spoke about this already. What do you do about pre-seasons? Or do you just get straight back into it? Or do you keep pushing the seasons back until you, you sort of catch up in four or five years? Um, or do you just shut the whole competition down? No, nah, don't do that, because what am I going to do in my life? Yeah. Well, they've already shut down the New South Wales Cup and, and the Q Cup, and I thought they were really premature in doing that, um, which which to me says that probably the, the next thing that's going to happen is the NRL is going to pull the pin. To, to his credit, Landis is, uh, if there's ever a person in the world with a glass half full, it's him. Yeah. Every time he... So, yeah, he's got me believing anyway. Yeah, I, I, what, I, I tell you what as well, and, and you can say what you want about Todd Greenberg, whether you like him or not, but he's gone on leave without pay, I believe, and Raylene Castle today came out and said that she's taken a 50% pay cut and should be praised for it. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know Rugby Union was still a thing. It shouldn't be. Fucking hell. Yeah. Rugby has got no money, Rugby Australia, so that's, what's 50% of nothing? What are they paying her? She's on 800k. Yeah, they've got a, 
with 800k, you'd think she'd get something better than, than that deal or no deal wig that she wears. Oh, yeah, my God. Some, some guy before we hit record slid in and goes, oh, you got to look at your facts. Rugby was dead before she got there. Yeah, but she fucking stepped on its throat. <laughs> Rugby is still dead. Jeez. I'm going to say it a fact. still dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think the leadership at the moment, as you said, like Dan and I have, have already played, have praised Volandis, even though Dan won't say Rugby League. Um, but I, I think he's I think he's doing an incredible job. And, and the fact that he put so many proposals to clubs about you know, going into the middle of the desert, going into the middle of nowhere, and he's still talking about that, getting teams into hotels and playing behind closed doors or playing at the Roosters' home ground or whatever they're going to do. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, in terms of in terms of leadership for a game, he's really stood up. Like, he's, he's a very impressive character. Yeah, I, I think we've got the best bloke in charge at the moment. Like, you've only got to look at what he's done with, like, Australian racing. He... Yeah. That's booming, and he, he, he brought it back off its knees. So uh, he's the best bloke in, at the moment in charge for the game. Can you imagine John Grant in this position? Oh, fuck no. We'd be in a lot of trouble. Oh, it'd be... Oh, I couldn't even imagine, oh. honestly. Oh, what about Peter Booty? No, oh, well, Peter Booty, you know. Yeah, mate, you got to praise the boot. <laughs> Would you guys have taken the, the penalty goal to make it 70 on the side? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolute dick move, 100% I would That That was the 70s day too from memory. So I was in the Lexus corporate box yeah. with Dad. Yeah, greatest day. Fantastic. Yeah, man, Manly were in that horrendous white strip. Um, I, what I just want to point out as well from, from that is uh, two of the Sharks' biggest wins have both featured... Ben Kennedy in the opposition. Really? Yeah, we towed up Newcastle 64-14 and Ben Kennedy was in the side and then we beat Manly 68-6 and Ben Kennedy was in the side. There you go. And just, just, for, just for the last bit of nostalgia, it was good to see Steve Menzies score a try as well. He was incredible. <laughs> Even getting flogged by 60 points, he's still scoring a try. Yeah. All right, if there's nothing else, uh, get, who are we hailing this week? Who we got? Who's left? Toby, Toby Rudolph. Let's hail Toby Rudolph. Hail Toby Rudolph. Thanks, boys. (laughs)